check. Okay. Looks, looks, those numbers look pretty good. We have all the best numbers on this podcast. Keeping it 5150, episode right. 24. 24. 24. <laughs> the terrible TV show. In the middle of this uh, podcast, we're going to get attacked by a cougar, or one of us is going to uh, get amnesia. I hope a racist could save us. I feel like Game of Thrones is starting to edge towards 24 territory oh, really? a little bit, where they are manufacturing bullshit for characters <laughs> to do that is like doesn't even make any sense, and it's just kind of like anything that's happening in Winterfell right now seems like some cougar attack. Memory loss bullshit. Anyway, we're not here to talk about 24 or, or Game of Thrones. Yes. We we gotta get in straight into the emails. <laughs> so many emails. What about email. the emails? <laughs> <laughs> what about the emails, man? I I hope those hackers can find our emails. Uh, Subject line: I'm still the greatest. <laughs> exclamation point from Michael Kamen. That's Michael Arnold Kamen at okay. gmail.com. Here I am talking about how wonderful I am and how dreamy Kevin Costner is. Love always, Mikey. YouTube link. Oh my goodness. Okay, so... We just watched this YouTube link. Okay, so a couple of things. The YouTube link is a um, weird behind-the-scenes featurette from Michael Kamen working on exclusively the sexy love themes for uh, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Was it colon, Prince of Thieves? There was a colon. colon. And at one point, he talks not about how dreamy Kevin Costner is. He seems to have misunderstood his own quotes. Yeah, because it, it was very much about how dreamy Maid Marian was and how... Cayman wishes he could be Kastner in that scene, making out with her. Stinky, stinky Maid Marian. Because yeah. it it's the olden days. This wasn't like the 90s. Yeah, but I know the be... movies came out in the 90s, but this it was set in the olden days. When it, yeah. Like the 70s or something, when, when Britain still had, you know... Guys who talk like Kevin Costner. Kevin <laughs> Costner does not try to put on an accent at any point during that. So I've, I, you've seen this movie, and I've not, because I don't I, watch movies. But I watched I, it at the time. I haven't seen it since the fucking night since i was in junior high or whenever that came out doesn't, like doesn't it have um sean connery in it as the king who comes back and marries maid marion and robin hood i you know. it definitely has alan rickman and alan rickman <laughs> is clearly in a different movie than everyone else because he realizes <laughs> that this shit is trash and he's just like nah like i'm just gonna fucking chew the scenery and drop like joke bombs the i whole didn't time. know i like when, when that sounds like that rickman's sounds like the he's the sheriff of nottingham <laughs> Of course he is. Riding high off of that like diehard heat, they're like, let's get him in this fucking. Let's give him. <laughs> he's a sure. he's a great bad guy. He's a, a terrific bad guy. Let's get him in here. And you know what? Steals the movie, kills it. <laughs> so our movie recommendation for this week is Robin Hood. <laughs> is uh, Men in Tights. Robin and Marion, the Sean Connery Robin Hood movie where they're old. So Cayman. Yeah. MK. In. Slathering the music in strings as he, as he always does. Like 110 musicians, all violinists. <laughs> yeah. I like, yeah, at one point he's just like, it's all black notes because everyone's playing. It's like, where did everyone need to play? <laughs> also, you only need to play different notes. <laughs> no octaves, just no, it's all the notes. <laughs> and everything that he's playing in this featurette is all the like, I do it for you, like it's Brian Adams, Adams song, love yeah. theme. I mean, I think that might be a Cayman song. That it was probably a Cayman, a Cayman tune, but like Brian Adams had the hit with it. Now Cayman isn't getting up behind a mic and filling Stadia with his no. off-brand. He shouldn't be in front of a camera doing stuff. <laughs> no, <laughs> this, no, this motherfucker looks like the extra from a porn movie from the eighties. <laughs> there is there a lot of mustache. No one's a lot of mustache in a comical hair helmet. <laughs> like it's like long, but it's. Not moving and too thick. Came in is ridiculous. Um, R.I.P., obviously. <laughs> poor, so you're a big fan team. of the Brian Adams song, though, right? Huge, huge fan. Uh, 
<laughs> I'm I'm from the land uh, of the United Kingdom of Great Britain, Northern Ireland, where it was top of the of the pop charts for I want to say 14 weeks. It maybe was 21 weeks. It was a long fucking time. I, I think. Why do you think it's because you guys just felt it more because <laughs> of the Robin Hood connection? You just like felt it a little harder. Well, we are we are socialists, and we do like to take from the rich, <laughs> give to the poor. That's always been. 80s Britain was entirely about that. Yeah. As you've seen, like, yuppies and cocaine and stuff like that. Yeah, no, it, totally. it was all about, yeah. like, social equality. I've watched Alan Clark movies. I know what's going on. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, here's, a, here's a fun fact about me. Is that I... <laughs> <laughs> um, Le- leave all that in. <laughs> yeah, well, um, also, by all, start more conversations <laughs> with, to strangers. Hey, here's a fun fact about me. Um, the first musical <laughs> instrument I ever played was the trombone, and I played in elementary school through high school bands right. and various levels of bands. And uh, there was a certain point where the hottest shit in the world to play during band recitals for like junior high school bands was a medley of Robin Hood Prince of Thieves <laughs> cuts. So I have personally played... Oh, so you know all this stuff. Cole. I played fucking second chair trombone parts for fucking like... It starts out with the dope main theme, then goes into the love theme, and then something else. And then goes... So, uh, yeah, I, I fucking totally bombed out the Prince of Thieves. I played that in front of people, in front of my parents and shit. Like, they have heard that live. Wow. <laughs> that was a fun fact. So, so thank you, uh, Michael Kamen, or MichaelArnoldKamen at gmail.com. Please keep those emails pouring yeah. in. Also, the way Kamen talks about his job on Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Yeah. He's like, I just sprinkle on the emotion of the characters. That's, you know. Don't the actors do that? Yeah. Like, <laughs> to a lesser extent, the director, and then to a much, much lesser extent, <laughs> you. <laughs> well, and he's like, I just underline it. It's like, motherfucker, you highlight it in a giant neon <laughs> Sharpie. Like, don't make this sound subtle. I like, wish he could have words to his songs, because they'd be like, love song, love song happening now. <laughs> yes, like, this motherfucker came in. Came in. We gotta but find out. He's been dead for like 12 years, and he's still haunting us with this. <laughs> Well, we didn't know he was dead, and I think it's a real fucking Candyman ring type situation where we just said his name too often. I know. I think he's come <laughs> back to do the music for Ready Player One. <laughs> oh, my God. That would be the worst. Uh, uh, he also apparently did the soundtrack for uh, Die Hard. Really? Yeah, they said that in that feature. <laughs> they're like, they're well, like Lethal Weapon and Die Hard. And I was like, oh, shit. Both of those movies I remember more for the songs that they play. Right. When Bruno came back, was the return of Bruno. <laughs> well, like, because the beginning of that movie, like, the, the credit sequence is as a Run DMC song. It's not Cayman's score. <laughs> that was just like, they're like, let me put on some Run DMC and let's get to the bottom of this. Were there any strings slathered over that Run DMC? There was not. <laughs> it, it was not. It was no. not a, it was a live version. You fucking Cayman, knock it off. <laughs> well, that sounds like an exciting movie. I should really watch Die Hard. <laughs> Die Hard's incredible. You described it as a perfect movie. It's pr- it, not only is it the pr- a perfect movie, it's, perfect it's the movie. best Christmas movie ever made. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Spoiler. What, what? See it now? Don't oh, want you to be Christmas. mad that you know that it's a Christmas movie. <laughs> no, I know it's a Christmas movie. I just because most people yeah. know it as a movie where like a helicopter blows up and like Bruce Willis runs around with no shoes. I mean, that sounds familiar. Like, yeah, he's like, on a plane. Other movies start with that song. I'm uh, sh- they might, know. but yeah, he gets off a plane. A dude notices that he has a gun, so they quickly establish. He's like, don't worry. I'm a cop. And then everyone's like, cool. Like, we didn't look at badges or anything. We were just going to assume that. <laughs> also, this is when cops are treated a little bit different than they are now. He's just, don't worry, I'm a cop with a gun on a plane. It's like, fucking hide everyone. <laughs> yeah, like, I, I'm not sure that you are allowed to just 
because he, he's got it like in a holster. Like he's not. Right. It's not like it's like in his bag or anything. Was he like, flying from one part of New York to another part of New York? No, where he still has jurisdiction. <laughs> no, aggressively does not have jurisdiction. <laughs> he's a New York street cop. Right. You know, like and just he's flying to Greenland to stop his presence from. <laughs> What's my what No, uh, he's uh, he goes to L.A. to try and meet up with his estranged r- wife to try and rekindle the romance they had. Yeah, but then he's in a building terrorists they'll do that. it's 40 stories of sheer excitement <laughs> i believe was was the uh, tagline to that movie watch Man. die hard why are you not watching die hard that's true I, there's, there's a lot of gaps in my cultural knowledge i'm gonna get on that um anyway so in conclusion cayman's the worst die hard's the best <laughs> <laughs> let's read poor, some ads poor cayman, <laughs> poor cayman. Don't feel sorry for Cayman. <laughs> I feel sorry for him just because he's dead. I think if he was alive, you know, we might we might be having a different conversation. Uh, yeah, let's bring up uh, let's bring up some ads. Fifty-one fifth years. You've all got your own business ideas, and you all know that they're terrible. Your products are bad. Your customer service is awful. There's a lot of techniques you can use to fix this. You can learn about how to improve your business online or hire a fancy management consultant. But surely there's an easier way. Of course there is. You need to start selling to dumb people. Dumb Tech has been scraping Facebook profiles and Twitter comments for years to create a database of America's least motivated, incurious, and cosmically uninformed people. You can sell them anything. Anything. Cactus insurance? They'll buy it. Bobblehead dolls based off the show King of Queens. Are you sure you can keep up with the demand? Teach your cat English instructional DVDs. There's no end to this. Use the code 5150 and they'll start you off with the details of everyone who's posted a meme that says, share if you agree. Dumb tech. One day maybe we will all be cleansed by fire. Okay. And we're back! Bricked it. Also, for you inside baseball types, we did a strong five minutes, all cut. Yeah. <laughs> all never, of it cut. Never going to hear it. Come, come see us privately. Not going to say it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's not what we should be talking no, about. Well, we, no. we have a topic torn from the headlines. So from the j- January 2017. Well, is that? Uh, oh, that's pretty old. Yeah. Issue of uh, Invisible Oranges. Thanks, Invisible Oranges. Um, they had an article uh, by Joseph Schaefer. Schaefer. Uh, Ten metal cliches we can do without. What do you think of when you hear metal cliche? Is it, what what's, uh, goes through your mind? I think there's two different ones. There's the song cliches and there's like the look cliches. I think yeah. those are two different ones. Well, let's, let's do the look one because I think that might the, be the, fun. The look, the look one is definitely like the pointier and more ridiculous the guitar, the better. Um, it preferably held up by a, a bandolier of bullets or studs. So this is <laughs> 1988 thrash you're talking yeah. about specifically. Yeah, came back. It went away and came back. It, like, yeah, it, it, there were some like uh, self-consciously like 80 thrash bands around bands that, are, bands that are younger than us but are like no fucking like Annihilator I want to look like Annihilator yeah it's, so that, that's definitely one so know. I think that's I mean that um, the way Iron Maiden dressed in the 1980s with the spandex that was a little a uh, little hard to take <laughs> was... yeah not many people are like yeah let's do the spandex now. Like, you know no, what I mean like, now, now you don't see a lot of spandex other than no. like uh, the darkness fuck the darkness <laughs> I saw the darkness at Studio 7 and how were they? 
terrible. Okay, yeah, I thought so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, it depends on what you think of the that album, Permission to Land, because right. they played almost all of that. And what you discover on that is there's a lot of filler. <laughs> an aggressive amount of filler and then three tolerable songs. Right. Yeah, yeah so the story checks out. <laughs> the one dude was wearing, like, the lead singer guitar player guy was wearing, like, a fucking Freddie Mercury, like, <laughs> spandex jumpsuit. Like, the chest down to like pretty much the top of the dick was completely cut out and he's like not a built dude. he's like a normal skinny dude so it was like nothing impressive about it like i mean it was clearly for like comedic effect it was something i did not i should say i did not pay for that i was treated to that show <laughs> real like hey do you want to go see the darkness i no well you're going <laughs> so. well i mean i got your ticket oh uh, okay other, other other cliches around around uh <laughs> Well, uh, there's the tough guy one. There's the kind of like uh, the camera's kind of pointing down at them and they're pointing up as if to say, I'm going to fuck you up. I think Slayer had some photos like that. Yeah, there's a, there's also just like the idea that you got to look real hard in front of either like a chain link fence with barbed wire <laughs> yes. or just like a straight up brick wall. Like, yeah. where's the nearest alley? We got to take band photos. It's, it's such a weird... Railroad tracks, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we, could, we could go anywhere. Look how desolate this is. <laughs> we could go north. Go south, <laughs> literally endless possibilities. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and I think song-wise, I feel like every metal band had to have at least one song about how uh, war, war's hell, or war's garbage. Uh, but it was really celebratory of war. <laughs> like, I feel Slayer, like Slayer are the big culprits. On well, the, they, they are because they're they both like love war so fucking much and like really into war. But like, oh, the pain of war. <laughs> but I feel like a lot of bands had like Metal. Obviously, Metallica. Has like oh yeah, eight or nine of these songs. Oh, Maiden as well. When they when they went rubbish in the nineties, they had a lot of kind of oh oh war. Not not just like oh the fucking trooper. Isn't it the isn't it the best when war happens? <laughs> also, there was like environmental ruin. Oh have, yeah, like, that's, a good, that's a good thrash, um, yeah, thrash like, cliche. I remember I touched on that in the thrash episode. But yeah, 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 you gotta have us kill. I think we should just stab all these motherfuckers. <laughs> oh, okay, <laughs> cool. cool. Let's let's dig a little deeper. Which motherfuckers are we stabbing? Yeah, like these, these pollution motherfuckers. <laughs> yeah. Are you pro pollution? Are you anti? Like what? I just I'm confused about who we're stabbing. Early nineties, they were very concerned about. Ecology and uh, you know the species going extinct and things like that, which is weird because I bet Megadeth now has songs about how um, the environment doesn't exist. <laughs> the environment doesn't exist. You're all a bunch of pussies for caring about tigers or or whatever when ISIS is here. Fuck you, Megadeth. <laughs> so here's what um, here's what Joseph Schaefer, presumably on a deadline to fill as many as many words as he can, has to say about. It. But let's let's see. I think this is, I uncovered some interesting things. Number ten, blast beats. Okay. This is controversial. Yeah, we love blast beats. Well, and his point seems to be blast beats are rad. People use them too much. Yeah, it's cooler when they show up and, and then, then stop. Kind of on board with that. If, a, if there's a blast beat all the way through the song, that makes the song a bit boring. Unless the song is thirty seconds long. That's a valid point. Unless you like black metal, that is specifically what they do in black metal. Yeah, so, they don't even have tempo changes really between in, in songs usually. No, they it's barely like have fiddles. mostly blast beat, and every once in a while they'll go to like that double time like hardcore thrash beat when they want to like slow it down for a second but i can see what he's saying it's always cool when parts switch up and there's some variety because i get i'm real add yeah and... fair enough that's uh so but that is still kind of weird that's that one seems like he had nine good ones or nine ones that seemed valid and was like i'm just gonna put one more in there well let's let's see if there are nine more valid ones <laughs> number nine slayer worship 
Uh, and he starts off, my personal opinion on Slayer aside, I'd like to read his personal opinion on Slayer. Maybe he doesn't like uh, it. It seems like that might be a hyperlink. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Rain and Blood turns 30. Oh, my goodness. This is a hit piece on Rain and Blood. Yeah. Oh, wow. People worship Rain, Rain and Blood. Skip to the next paragraph. This worship is misguided. Oh, <laughs> uh, Rain and Blood is a golden calf that deserves to be slaughtered. Oh, wow. I don't like it. Obviously, when stuff gets too, too kind of like untouchable, <laughs> then it is always worth kind of going, really, really, why don't we just fucking dig in on this? And we talked about we, how. We, yeah, we talked you know, about how there's. There's the greatest opening song and the greatest closing song. And then some eight songs in the middle. Well, wait, <laughs> some and of those he, are cool. he says that. He's like, oh, Rain and Blood. Uh, relies on memorable moments to carry listeners through a middle the middle portion of the record the songs being short carrie king and jeff hammond's like shitty fucking guitar solos and uh bill well yeah that, that shitty guitar solos is a it's but a staple of slayer that's that's the thing and that's a rubbish a, league guitar players okay <laughs> so this dude doesn't seem to be all that into to, to slayer which yeah. let's go back to number nine his point which um, is he doesn't like when people do iconic Slayer shit. Like and- chromatic chromatic um, gallops and dive bombs. Yeah. yeah, But yeah, they play with no fucking idea about what key it necessarily is. Like the Everything's are- a chromatic rip. There's no like, it's not like oh, the yeah. song's in D. It's like the song's <laughs> in every note. Also, uh, here's where I disagree. Like we, we went and uh, we saw uh, Carcass. Oh, at the God, showbox, yeah. and one of the opening bands to that was this band, uh, Noisem, out of Baltimore. Yeah, and Noisem loves them some Slayer, and it was rad. And they were like, all the solos were like they straight up dive bombed out of, like they would start <laughs> playing the solo and just dive bomb the fuck out of it and stuff. And I was like, yes, like it's like I was super into it. Um, Noisem, yeah, that 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 was fun. Other bands trying to be trying to be an eighty Slayer, I'm I'm down with that because that's that's fun and yeah, Slayer, also- Slayer aren't Slayer anymore. Yeah, and also, I just... Do that many bands want to be Slayer? No, I don't (laughs) think so. I I don't think this is a problem in the metal community. To be fair, this guy works at a a metal website where presumably he has to listen to to a lot of demos that we're not going to bother to listen to. That's true. It it would wear me out to hear 30 bands that are trying to sound like Slayer. that That would be bad. So if that's happening, then yeah, okay cool <laughs> if i was starting a, a metal band i wouldn't want them to sound like slayer necessarily that that, that would no be i want to sound like merciful fate number eight is black sabbath worship um which is a similar similar problem i guess except all the bands all the bands many of the bands that go i fucking love black sabbath i'm gonna get some old amps and detune and fucking play just riffs i like those bands <laughs> yeah um I don't like a lot of those bands, but th- this comes down to personal preference. I think yeah. more than everything, like um, that said, I you know no one's ever going to stop wanting to be Black Sabbath. No, no, and there's, like yeah, it, were I starting a metal band today and I could choose between Slayer or Black Sabbath, like right, let's try and be Black Sabbath because I fucking love Geezer Butler. Like who <laughs> doesn't want to make that sound all day fucking long? That's just that's tremendous. Um, also, they got some fucking jams, and they're more. Um, difference in, in across a black Sabbath catalog than it's across true. slayer's catalog and then i don't know how you would describe desert star black Sabbath featuring, featuring Tony, Tony yeah, yeah. <laughs> no i don't think anyone does because i don't think anyone's listened to it so. i bought aaron a copy of it because i was at a value village and i was like this is a black Sabbath album he doesn't have and i like hey i got this for you and he was Ooh, not pleased dude. he was like never has a motherfucker been so mad that someone spent two dollars on him you know what i mean like it's like I was looking out for you, bro. I got you this thing. And I he wanted was like, you to complete your Black Sabbath album collection. I got this and Dehumanizer. 
like at that point there was like albums that were like you couldn't you know you're not gonna go to a garage sale and find this like volume four sitting around so it's like sure. I, I was like I got you a Black Sabbath album I don't know if he died he's like finally masters reality on vinyl it's like no here's this shitty thing yeah I can um, see that being a that being a bad day for everyone <laughs> <laughs> the point is uh I don't care I don't care if people want to be play riffs. No, I think a, a, a healthy amount of Sabbath worship is, is a good thing. I think I, your band shouldn't be able to be summed up by like you guys sound like this specific band, and that's <laughs> it with nothing else added. Like when I tried to start a Ramones cover band in college, and I put influences the Ramones. That's hilarious. <laughs> I I mean, when I first started playing music, though, we did want to be like, how how would you define us? One word, punk. <laughs> <laughs> and then that morphed into. Two words, pop punk. Like that's like we are like <laughs> adhering to the values of the genre, like uh, to a hundred percent degree. Now I would be kind of mad if you could be like, "Oh yeah, you guys sound exactly like blank." I don't want to like. I yeah, personally yeah. don't want to be in a band where you could just be like. No, I like it when it's it's X meets Y kind of thing. I mean, it's it's lazy, but it's still kind of like, oh yeah, I see how we we're especially when X and Y are reasonably far apart. <laughs> like, Let's okay. move on. Okay, uh, this one we're gonna. I, I'm gonna need some help. Require a little bit of googling. It says the Ross Bay cult sound. Oh yeah, the Ross Bay cult sound. You know the Ross Bay cult sound. That's, I'm sick of it too. Let's move on. What the fuck is the Ross Bay cult sound, Paul? I, I guess maybe I'm more of a casual metal fan than you would think. Well, the, I, someone that professionally writes for uh, Invisible Oranges, then yeah, maybe you are. Because this guy, his number seven cliche that metal bands need to stop doing is a thing that I couldn't recognize right legitimately would need to like go eight deep on top 10 list to put together a spotify playlist to identify what cliche he's fucking talking about yeah so that's not as inclusive of a i think he might be showing off because <laughs> most cliches are like are you know identifiable <laughs> they have some universal like like there's some universal truth behind them where people yeah. are like, yeah, I get it. Like, you know, like... I've yet like, to meet someone that says, I'm so sick of that Ross Beck cult sound. <laughs> is, is this his own band? <laughs> That'd be rad if he had, People should really, like... Oh, I'm so sick of all the fame my band's getting. <laughs> everyone's really ripping off our sound. He just... Sorry, he talks about um, blasphemy. He talks about... Uh, uh, the a sound that consists of 95% tone and 5% of riffs. That describes a lot of metal. It does. <laughs> That's a it, wide swath yeah, the, the, of people. Are you going to buy that amp, bro? <laughs> metal. <laughs> it's. It's. Yeah. Actually, that's your line. Um, uh, that but, is my line. I worked at a music store, so <laughs> I like feel like I've earned that over two years of hearing people try to play tool songs. But yeah, often there is kind of like you, you, your pedal and your guitar, and you're, you're playing this, and it just sounds fucking amazing. But you, as as a guitar player, are not really doing anything with it. Like you, you just know it sounds cool, but it's not. It's not fucking song. Yeah. But it sounds like some of these guys are like, yeah, it is. That'll do. You get guys. It. Like, Let's roll some tape. I'm, I'm ready to go. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, I'm not uh, sure if that's what he's saying, but we'll hijack it and go that. <laughs> Tone over riffs. Yeah, this one we might. Well, we, we have to do some research and follow up to see if this guy's on point. Yeah. Uh, number six. Conspiracy theories. Is this really a thing in metal? I mean, I know it's a thing. I know. I know there's a. a it movie. seems like in this, he's pointing out that specific assholes who are in like metal bands. Like Chuck Chuck Billy is he in Testament Chuck Billy yeah Chuck Billy is a te- yeah the Testament and dude or Matt, Matt Pike oh Matt what, Pike what, what does he believe do you, I, do you happen to know I don't know I, I don't want to know because he might be all like fucking jet wheels don't make steel steel beams oh Jesus fucking Christ it was an inside joke I somewhere. generally try to avoid <laughs> like any sort of interviews with um, most. 
people. There's times when you you can't go looking for trouble. It's the same thing with like black metal bands. Like I don't want to know what like most black metal bands believe because no, because it might not be. There's good. a specific breed of dude who wants to play that music, and most of the time they suck. Like <laughs> I'll just I'll just gonna fucking I'll just be real honest with you. They are. They're going to antique stores for all the wrong reasons. They're trying to complete a very different collection than the one you're trying to complete. <laughs> yeah. They're not there for the antique Mr. Peanut classes. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to get Mr. Peanut shit. They're trying to be uh, World War II enthusiasts yeah. <laughs> in a way that is problematic for most people. Let me get to pass. Let me always get to pass. No one else gets to pass. What about Slayer? <laughs> Slayer's flirted with it. They, they do a little, don't they? With a color fan club like the Slaytanic Fear Muck. I don't know if they still do that, but it was like for a while. Uh, they, they were might, like, <laughs> yeah. They were, and you know, the, you know. The other thing, yeah, the other reason I didn't get to see them, um, there was some comments that they would say, we don't have any snowflakes here this evening, do we? We're like, oh, fuck, you know your audience and your audience are bastards. I'm <laughs> out. I'm stealing your records from now on. Fuck you. <laughs> but then one of them came out fucking, I can't remember which one it was. I think it was Kerry King actually came out and said some some pretty decent stuff in our. No, I think he was like came out like in favor of Hillary Clinton. I'm like that is an unlikely fan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wow, that oh, uh, that's an M Night Shyamalan like <laughs> twist. Like I did not see that coming. Like I was reading, I have a guitar magazine that was like right when uh, Jeff Hanneman died. He was on the cover, and they yeah. like interviewed everyone. Kind of went through the whole like Slayer story and his story specifically. But Kerry King's comments were all fucked up. They're all just like. <laughs> Yeah, you know, our houses are two miles apart. I've never been over to his house. Like, we don't, like, we, like, I, we don't hang out. No, that so was always a thing about Slayer. They, they commented that they, they said they wouldn't be hanging out if they weren't playing music and they would, like, not spend any time with each other and, like, they'd write songs separately and things like that. Considering it was an interview that happened after a dude who's been at least your co-worker for 30 years died. Maybe, maybe and seemed... omit that aspect. <laughs> maybe downplay, like, how you didn't have barbecues together. Is this seems so weird. I can't imagine... Spending because they fucking tour all the time. I can't imagine yeah. spending that much time with people where you're just like, kind of hate these guys' guts. But uh, what do you got to do? Fucking Slayer Inc. Like, I get these dumb tattoos don't pay for themselves. <laughs> like, fucking, let's let's go. How am I gonna buy another giant wristband with fucking thirty inch nails uh, on it? Yeah. How am I gonna How am I gonna go to fucking Home Depot and buy? Eight dollars worth of roofing nails. Like roofing nails are very inexpensive. So, like, side note: How did he not just like poke the shit out of himself every show? That was his strumming hand as well. It wasn't his fretting hand. That was his fucking. That was his right I hand. Don't, I don't like, understand the technique involved for him to not like, constantly jab himself. Damn stroke first song. Oh, those, all those strings are broken. <laughs> hand me another guitar. Take the fucking thing off. No, hand me another guitar. It's okay, like, you've gone through all the guitars. <laughs> Motherfucker, don't don't wear. Like, why are you wearing that? <laughs> it's metal. It didn't. You're making it metal. <laughs> yeah. You could wear a fucking friendship bracelet and it'd be metal. You're Carrie King. You get to define things. Yeah, you were the guy who's like, I'm going bald. Fuck it, head tattoos. <laughs> now it's a thing. Now it's just a thing I see around. Didn't see tribal tattoos on the head before you just decided <laughs> to fucking do it. So like. Yeah, you have influence. You don't need to do this. Don't, don't make it hard on yourself. <laughs> Why isn't that one of the cliches? Stop yeah. going to Home Depot and buying like <laughs> fucking like a hundred nails and making your wardrobe hard to wear. Number five. So conspiracy theories. Yeah, don't pull out the thread of metal guys, man. They're yeah. not all cool. Um, and and if someone says something real fucked up, it's okay to toss that band over. Yeah, there's lots of bands you can you can replace those bands. That's. That's fine. We've already said that there's like, if you don't like some of Slayer's attitudes about stuff, there's a lot of one of you Slayer fans. <laughs> that, like, see, see number nine. Get into the, get into some of those number nine bands. Number five is weed. Come on. I mean, really? 
is that, that that's a problematic like did, did someone from fucking earth crisis write this <laughs> like dude it's like i mean look you know i'm not i'm not gonna tell i'm not telling anyone how to live i'm just saying that if you're like oh man all these all these bands talk about weed too much. Like if or... it said Vans, if it said 70s Vans, then you'd be like, okay, yeah, maybe Fu Manchu could turn it down a little bit on the 70s Vans. No one rides for free, bro. <laughs> no one rides for free. You see the inside of that album? It's just a panorama shot of like a sweet-ass van, like tricked Ask out. Ask grass or cash. No one rides for free. <laughs> no one rides. Man, fuck Fu Manchu. Um, Fu Manchu are great. <laughs> that album is really good, though. That, that's probably the best Fu Manchu album. I know the action is go as the action want. is go. He's got some good songs on it, but yeah. Uh, album titles will never be as punchy as Dope Smoker and Dope Throne. Well, yeah, okay, fine. Pedal Dope. board substituting for good riffs. Um, yeah, that's no, that's a legit. That, that's, that's a legit, but that's not. But I feel weed. Like it's a point that's, that's been made several <laughs> several times. Now. Also, that's not Weed's fault. If you want to be like gear worship over over songwriting, that's just a that could be a problem in music. Like yeah. I get. I, that, I, I follow various idiot things on on Facebook, and I think it was um, Riff Lord had had an advert that said NASA will pay you money just to fuck around with reverb pedals all day, and I'm like, oh, that sounds really good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's my dream occupation. <laughs> Tell tell me more about this. Like, that's like the ultimate spam email to receive. <laughs> yeah, it's like uh, I make one k a month <laughs> playing what reverb pedals for us. It's like I can make that work on my mortgage. <laughs> Let's move on. Merchandising superseding songs, and it's this illustrated with a pair of uh, master puppets uh, boxer shorts. I think boxer I believe they're shorts. boxer shorts. Yeah. There's more money to merchandise than selling music. You can't True. download a T-shirt. And I, it's all important. Your 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 image is important if you're a man. Is that a cliche though? I I some of these I'm wondering if they're becoming gripes about bands as opposed to what the original thing was like. Yeah. In fact, some of these seem almost too vague, which is like I think more of a cliche thing than trying to like sound like Slayer is like dive bomb solos or something. Like yeah. you can make a case yeah. that dive bomb solos are a cliche thing that you should stay away from. Using a wah wah pedal all the fucking time throughout your solo, like. Like that, that's okay that's a fucking cliche like starting the song and immediately doing like a high-pitched scream a la like I, no angel of death starts that way yeah yeah he's like ah! yeah. like you know like <laughs> okay that's a cliche like bands love to do that because yeah. it sounds fucking it's, it's a great ma- style it makes <laughs> really you want to <laughs> punch a dude in the face right those are fucking cliches <laughs> sounding exactly like slayer is i don't know if there's enough bands that sound exactly like slayer to be a cliche i'm enjoying this list by the way i think it's i think it's really good um that he's gone to this trouble but i, I think i think if you yeah. take another crack at it you could come up with like a much better set of cliches. The the blast beats was a better example of what a cliche because that's a is. specific thing that you can point to. So yeah. really, like stoner bands drop tuning to C. Yeah, a bit of a cliche, right? Yeah. Like, so the, instead of like people wanting to sound like Sabbath would be like, but which aspect of Sabbath? You, you, you don't mean like starting the record with a fucking thunderstorm. People won't do that anymore. You don't mean like jazz Sabbath, the first record where it was like really <laughs> progressive and, and bluesy and weird. Like people don't do that, but they, they specifically dig into aspects of Master of Reality and aspects of Volume Four. And go right. How are we gonna try? We're gonna write Snowblind. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's what they mean. We'll say that. <laughs> oh, bands uh, drop tuning and and having the drummer play like swing beats. It's like okay, well that's that's Sabbathy. That's like automatic <laughs> yeah. Sabbath type situations. Yeah. Again, the one was too mysterious and inside baseball to really unlock exactly what he was talking about for the the what was it like the East Bay Ray sound? I can't remember. What it was. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna scroll back up. <laughs> yeah, you know what? There's no way to come back up. Um, and again, merchandise like 
trying to spend having an aesthetic like yeah having a young band who doesn't have a lot of albums out but has a defined aesthetic doesn't seem like a cliche to me as much as like uh uh old man yelling at clouds okay number we'll three this is nice and specific excellent good work back to back to a real cliche let's talk about this number three is cthulhu, cthulhu. or just hp lovecraft shit in general as like all right cool so this is nice and specific but I don't think it's to the point where I'm like, oh, god damn, another Cthulhu song. <laughs> like, I don't want to get all Rolling Stone top 100 on this, but three seems really high for this <laughs> nitpick. Like, fucking. This is why people tune into this podcast. Like, I wonder what they'll think this number should be. <laughs> should it be higher your, or lower? Number one number space podcast. <laughs> and you know what? I'll argue with anyone about the placement of us in the number space <laughs> podcast. Like, <laughs> I'm ready. I got ammunition. These motherfuckers can't come at me with this shit. The topics that death metal bands cover, like that level of gore and horror, and uh, uh, and that that specific brand of like gritty '90s, like yeah. oh, it would be on fucking CSI now. That that kind of like yeah, yeah. The, the slasher movie, like the Campbell Corpse, like slasher movie set to yeah, metal. Yeah, yeah, thing yeah, yeah. That feels more like a much more cliche. Than... Also, I just want to point out that this dude, the final sentence in this dude's Kafula write-up is a suggestion I've made before, but we'll make again. Metal bands need to get on the China Melville tip, or even, uh, or maybe even Thomas Ligotti. If your point is, this is a big cliche. I wish they would uh, channel all their like cliched writing into offers that I like more. They feel love crap kind of undermines your point a little bit. Like, like not the shit on this dude, but bro, like, come no, because I'm really enjoying this list. I think it's a fun list, and it's. But it is that's a weird it's, it's a, a weird, weird turn, like, right? Why don't you write songs about werewolves? I like werewolves. Also I've written all this werewolf fan fiction. Maybe you should check it out. Yeah. Maybe write some songs about it. Yeah, people need to stop writing songs about sharks. The chupacabra is wide open. <laughs> I've been suggesting it for years. More songs about chupacabra. Right now it's just chicks dig it and nobody else like it what it's SOD album in the, in production right now. <laughs> okay, now we're gonna two. get now we're gonna get uh I think this is a hit. I think this is a good one. Vikings and Norse mythology. Um, now, I don't think there's a ton of bands doing this. It comes up. There's a, a monomath, and I, I would grandfather them in and allow them to continue doing that. Because they're good. like, yeah, they're the, the, the kings of Viking, Norse, and straight up just pirate, I guess. Like, <laughs> shit. Like, they're just, everything is just like. It, it was in the past, and it's in Northern Europe, and it's vaguely to do with the sea. They're in. Yeah, <laughs> like, they're like, got, got it. However, um, Norse mythology and being proud of your northern european heritage very very problematic right yeah uh, we saw a band uh name redacted and uh th they had a song this song's about norwegian slavery and we're like i don't fucking think so <laughs> go to the bar. Yeah. and unsubscribe like yeah. fucking yeah. yeah we're good i'm not buying your fucking shit so yeah that's tough also i'm gonna say it because it's not really metal and it's not germane to discussion but <laughs> The fucking immigrant song is. <laughs> I just heard that in another trailer, and Led Zeppelin's <laughs> terrible. <laughs> Don't laugh at this. This no, is no, a funny immigrant song is played. I like. <laughs> yeah. that, and, oh man, and it fits in here because you know I heard I heard immigrant song for the first time in a warehouse. I was working, yeah, yeah, and and someone's playing Zap, and I was like, I don't like Zap, and they're like, but what about this? Uh -huh. And I'm like, this. Oh no, I really don't like. He's this. like, yeah, but it's about Vikings, and I'm like, he could have writ written about anything he wrote about. It's like, and the guy's rebuttal to me was, it was the '70s. They didn't have a lot to write about. Fuck you. There was a ton to write about. 
There's a lot of active wars and political strife. things happening in the <laughs> Vietnam yeah. was going up. I mean, Black Panthers were active in the 1970s. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> just Vikings. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm down with that anyway because it, it does seem to be like. If this isn't a cliche yet, I don't want it to be like a big deal in metal for metal to be ha- have all this um, basically thinly disguised white pride or something that could be misconstrued as white pride by by outsiders because uh, that that ain't the look we're sure that ain't the look we're going for. Let's not no. do that. Yeah, that's fair. I agree. Okay, we're, move on. Okay, number one. Number one, Satan. <laughs> Satan. I, okay, this is definitely a cliche. This has been a cliche. Blues bands used to think about saying Robert Johnson's all yeah, yeah, the devil yeah, and stuff like that. But yeah, but, all right, but it's just strictly metal. Then okay, day one, you know, as discussed previously when we when some asshole wrote a fucking report, metal was invented on Friday the thirteenth in what was it nineteen sixty nine? It was Saturday the fourteenth, and it was like yeah, um, yeah. Also, weird release date. You know, <laughs> Saturday the fourteenth generally, generally come out on a Monday or a Tuesday, right? Yeah, Tuesday <laughs> seems to be in this country. It's Tuesday, yeah. but you know, I fucking whatever. Yeah, it's, it's, anyway, it's a different time. First, set, first hour I go church bell. Oh, spooky shit! Here comes, here comes the devil. <laughs> but it's spooky like Scooby Doo is spooky. Ghosts. Um. Yeah, like, uh, so yeah, Satan, Satan's pl- kind of a played out topic. I mean, I look, I love Merciful Fate. Yeah, but even King Diamond was like, we gotta start talking about some other shit. <laughs> One of there's a shadowy cabal of people who stole people's grandmothers. I'll write about that instead. <laughs> what are they doing with the grandmothers? Like, what's unclear? The, I don't know. I, I I can stand more songs about Satan. The Iron Maiden records about Satan, really good. Following up with some records that maybe, uh, I mean, I think. In, in a lot of ways, they are as good, but the, the post-90s, when they started singing about the wars and about how, you know, the war... You think of all the problems like, that they had, yeah. that wasn't the... I don't think that was the central issue of the I problem. Think <laughs> when Bruce Dickinson came back, they should have returned to singing more songs about the devil. No, they were just singing about, like, movies that he liked. Was like, <laughs> I like but, The Wicker Man. Has anyone done anything with The Wicker Man? Y- yes, they have. Cool. I said, I said, yes, they have. We're doing a song. Of hell. We're going to call it The Wicker Man. It's a belt. It's really good. You no, know, Wicker Man's awesome. Some very labored double bass during the chorus. No, that's not double bass. He, uh, he don't do double bass. Oh, really? Yeah, he's fastest foot in rock and roll. It's mildly impressive, but it's still... It's not fast enough to be like really fucking... <laughs> it's fast. Well, foot. that's what I thought would have been that really funny about it is because I pictured him doing double bass to get up to that, like... 93 beats per minute or whatever that song is where it's like it's like oh man that is not the fastest fucking foot in rock and roll yeah but imagine if he had two of those feet both doing that oh he's like wait are you saying that he's like they could almost be in a kind of death metal band in the 80s I've been trying to find out more about him because he's become a fucking evangelical Christian and I find that very troubling he he so far hasn't done an autobiography. Bruce Dickinson has. It's coming out on on Halloween of this year on audiobook. So wait, does he read it? Yes, he does. <laughs> it's eleven hours long. Strap the fuck in. Also, that's our next fifty one fifty book club. <laughs> oh man, oh, it's, it's gonna be great. <laughs> that uh, that is something. Um, yeah, hopefully a lot of details about chemical wedding and balls to Picasso and his other terrible solo albums. Yeah, I speaking of that. Don't forget that we have uh, we have another book club. We have a book club. Yeah, uh, John finds um, oh, your band sucks. Yes, uh, there, there's a colon. I can't remember exactly what it was. I think it's what I saw at Indie Rocks failed revolution, but can no longer hear. Yeah, uh, I got to start that soon. I'm just finishing up the Elvis Costello. Oh right, um, book 
uh, Unfaithful Music and Disappearing Ink. Um, it is uh, it's pretty good. Have you read it? I, I've started reading it in a bookstore because it was I've, I, I don't know what to kill. I got like through the first chapter and it was uh, it starts about talking about his dad and how his dad was an entertainer and yeah, you know. But it and it it talks about his dad a whole lot and then the rest of the time it like skips around like he'll be talking about his dad and he'll be like that reminds me of the time in oh, okay. like 2008 when <laughs> I met like Jerry Lee Lewis or whatever <laughs> and you're like well as long as as long as you're okay with that I guess that's um but it's very anyway so I'm almost done with that and I'm gonna start this. Uh, we will we will really let you guys know, even though no one's no one's listening no, it doesn't matter. Stuff. But but Michael you know, Kamen listens. <laughs> Michael Kamen has time to read it to get it on Kindle. Um, but I don't know, probably three weeks from now or so, we'll we'll get into that. We'll let you guys yeah. know. Um, so, so that was the that was the list of cliches. Um, okay, so before before we move on, let's just let's just sum this up. You, I know we had fun with this list. Do you really think it's a good list? Um. I think it's I think it's a good article. I think it, and I think it's it promotes some interesting thought about like so say you're going to write some songs now want to avoid all these clichés. You could probably do it generally. Yeah, yeah, I wish I wish like as I said before, I wish he had been more specific. Yeah. Because I think the problem with this article is there's too many ideas in it. So when he says weed, he's not like dudes need to stop trying to be like uh fucking on like was it uh, reinventing the steel, like that goddamn electric song. Oh, where it's right. like Put your faith in whiskey, weed, and better like, bands than Pantera. Yeah, like where you're like, I'm fucking sick of bands talking about like Sweet Leaf and shit. Like yeah. you know, and but instead he's like, people shouldn't talk about it. Also, all their stuff is like nostalgia to like uh, you know '70s weed era or whatever. It's like that's too many ideas, and they're like writing songs about Satan. That's the thing. Yeah. Um, you I, know, I disagree with it, but that's a, that's a better point. That's a better point. There's a lot of like points where it seems too um, too vague. So um, yeah, I think this is overall it's a it, it's a miss for me. But I I do think it brings up some interesting points, and I would love to to revisit this if people actually get at us with what they think are cliches. Yeah, we yeah. What, what do you those. what do you never want to hear in metal again? Or yeah, um, that's a more extreme way of putting it. But yeah, let's put it as extreme as that. What yeah. You, what is hack in metal now? Like, what do you go? Because the stuff in stand up is easier easier to do. It's like stay away from fucking airline food. See see our previous podcast. But uh, none of that stuff made <laughs> <Good>. it. <laughs> okay. I was I a bit think worried was, about that. I think there was actually funny stuff in there, but it, we just went long before that, and so I ended up I made I had to make some hard. You got to kill your darlings. Yeah, you know that's what it's I've just learned. What Stephen King says and doesn't do. <laughs> he loses ten percent of the words uh, from first draft to second draft which means his first drafts are so long how fast can this guy type like faster than i can read yeah i i, I want to hear what the actual uh hard fucking hack things that are in metal like i i couldn't confidently name one that i wouldn't want to what, what i wouldn't want to like not hear or not do myself and like dive bombs i'm like no oh, i want to fucking i don't do that i gotta flow dries just like yeah well i was first getting a real guitar and i went to like the store that had all the fender guitars that was the next upgrade. Yeah. From the guitar I got was like for seventy dollars. For seventy dollars more, you can get this. And at the time, I was all punk rock, so I was like, nah. <laughs> and now no, I'm that's, like, that's the Nuno Betancourt. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what I said. And now I'm like, could have been dive bombing this whole time, just hitting a harmonic, just be like, it's fucking sounded dope. But seventy dollars, seriously? How are you gonna raise seventy dollars in this day and age? Uh, you're gonna get yourself a well, sweet dollars. What I couldn't do back then was read ads because podcasts weren't a thing yet. Luckily, 
in today's free market economy? They are. <laughs> Podfiends, you know how we feel about baking. From watching the Great British Bake Off to lying around eating delicious cakes and breads, we're up on all aspects of the nation's fastest growing sport, except for actually baking. Like you, we have jobs and stupid hobbies to occupy our time, so where do the cakes at 5150 Towers come from? Well, you might not know his company, but you will know his voice. Introducing Jeff Tate's Tasty Cakes. Now, there's a lot of cruel and valid things have been said about Jeff on this podcast and on other podcasts and in the press. Things like, he's the answer to the question, what if Rob Halford was a tiny, shitty German man? Or, you know what's cool, suing your former band for wrongful dismissal. That is rock and roll 101. But to show that he's in no way bitter, he's running another ad on our podcast. You won't have to take a bullet for these cakes. In fact, it's likely you'll say you love it. These are the cakes from the man who brought you the record, Kings and Thieves, 1.5 stars, allmusic.com. Use the code 5150 and Jeff will include a copy of his autobiography, Still Singing, colon, How I Didn't Even Want to Be in Queensryche Anymore Anyway, and Those Guys Are Dicks. Jeff Tate's Tasty Cakes. It will be an operation, colon, mind crime to miss out. <laughs> I, I keep thinking it's going to be the last one when they arrive, but nope. I have to keep, I keep thinking not there more. Busy, not stopping. That's <laughs> what I like about him. He doesn't know when to quit. He yeah. continues going no matter what. Okay, so last week, as you know, loyal listeners, we uh, <laughs> we got a new segment, right? We got a new segment. We fucking we ate some Jaffa cakes. Speaking of tasty cakes, yeah, we ate some Jaffa cakes. I thought that was fun. I thought yeah. it was a fun segment because I like eating food and learning about uh, food-related products. So we're going to try it again. Uh, this one's a little more uh, ill-defined because I, I was at a random Swedish gift shop. <laughs> it doesn't, story doesn't check out. What the hell? <laughs> what Swedish gift shop? I was in the Swedish. It was in, uh, I want to say, Bellingham. I was in Bellingham in the Swedish okay. gift shop. And uh, lo- we're just looking around. You know, and they had various jams and stuff. But one of the things they had were they had these weird horse-shaped chocolate candies. <laughs> horse-shaped. They're, they're shaped like horses. And um, I, I wanted to get something that you probably have not had before, Stephen. I've definitely not had this. So before. this is... Uh, it's DC, uh, which stands for Delicaria. Del- 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 okay, so Delicaria chocolates. A nice taste of Sweden. <laughs> nice taste of Sweden. Um, it has, it has, if you haven't got a picture of the back, I appreciate oh. that because it has a step and repeat style horse graphic that I really appreciate. Like, so what you get out of this, I believe it's a marzipan filled chocolate horse. We're oh, going to open it up. Amazing. Already good. Oh, it's, look at this horse. <laughs> it's a little melty because it's hot out. It's definitely, <laughs> it's well sculpted. It's, um, I, Paul, thank you for bringing these. (laughs) Bite the head off. Oh, yeah. It's kind of a paste. It's weird Mm. paste surrounded by a milk chocolate. Oh, you guys are missing out so hard on this. I think there's some caramel in there. I think it's like Mm. a marzipan, but it's like a caramel-y kind of situation. Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, and then there's the milkiest chocolate that you've ever had. Mm -hmm. And, uh. 
small individually wrapped horse and apparently that's the thing like the horse the horse chocolate the I horse think chocolate's it, not like like here it's like that's weird I'm gonna eat that <laughs> but in Sweden it's like yeah another, yeah, another day another horse chocolate um, so we'll show note the shit out of that if you have a fine candy or confectionery that you want to like send our way yeah for trying you can or booze through the usual methods. Um, any really any we're down to eat anything. Uh, more obscure, better. Don't tell us like to eat a Mars bar or some shit. Like we've had Mars bars. <laughs> I we, mean, you haven't. Well, but, like, but prompting, I will eat a Mars bar. <laughs> that's yeah, fine. Yeah, but that's less exciting than us trying to get at get to the bottom of weird. Like again, and don't don't tell us to eat fucking candy scorpions. We're not gonna eat candy scorpions. Like real food, please. Can't emphasize enough how this isn't fear factor. <laughs> I know we get recommended with the Joe Rogan podcast. Let's call it at that. Yeah, yeah, we'll uh, we'll leave it there. Thanks for thanks for listening, you fuckers. Thank you, thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> Peace.